Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake. Let's talk uh, the custodianship of national heritage sites with the background of uh, reflecting on the recent closure of Lily's Leaf Farm. By uh, both sides of the stories were that the Lily's Leaf Trust and the Department of Sports and Arts and Culture have their own views, of course. So some commentators saying the closure of the farm is uh, the fault of government and wanting full control of heritage sites, while on the other end of the spectrum or the debate... Um, some were saying that policies are failing to integrate the community into heritage policies. Uh, others saying the war of words will solve nothing and it would only hasten the demise of an irreplaceable national treasure. Today, let's focus then on uh, what it means to be a custodian of heritage and the significance of these national heritage sites to communities. Joining us is Dr. Ishmael Mohammed, Director at the Center of Creative Arts at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Dr. Mohammed, always great chatting to you. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good morning to you and to your listeners. So, I mean, I, I mean, we've got your views, obviously, I'm sure, on the Lily's Farm debate, but the war of words, uh, words is not going to solve anything, as we're saying, but it is an irreplaceable national treasure. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, any kind of heritage resource is so crucial to a nation's identity that more than just celebrating a nation's identity and its history, it's an incredibly important catalyst to attract tourism into a country. Uh, you know, we, we need tourism so much more now as we get slowly out of COVID-19 to rebuild our economy. Uh, and if we are going to be having no resources, such as the Liberty Farm or the Apartheid Museum or some of the other uh, centers that are closing down, where do our tourists go to? And if they have nowhere to go to, what is the reason for them to come to South Africa uh, you know, and I'm not talking about tourists who come here because they want to go to a game farm. I'm coming to tourists who are interested in culture, who are interested in the nation's history, mm. uh, who want to engage with, uh, you know, how a nation, cele- nation celebrates its, uh, uh, its, its, its trajectory from oppression into freedom. Uh, we are losing those particular resources that will allow international visitors to our country to celebrate our nation. So what does it mean to be a custodian of heritage? And this is a conversation we're having with the backdrop of Heritage Day or Heritage Month being September. Also, Tourism Month it is uh, this month when we're celebrating our national treasures. What does it mean to be a custodian of heritage? Well, absolutely. It, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's more than just looking after a building. It's being able to, be a, to create programs. It's being able to tell stories. It's been able to bring new audiences in and allow them to be able to understand. But more than that, in a nation such as ours, which has come from a history of so much division and which still has so much baggage from the past, an engagement with heritage allows us to become that socially cohesive society that we need to aspire towards. If we don't allow people to be able to engage with that kind of content that is located within our museums, that is located within our cultural and heritage spaces, we are denying ourselves the incredible opportunity to build a cohesive nation. Let's talk then in terms of government and uh, them wanting to build national unity using these sites and heritage sites. Mm. What will this mean, the closure of Lilisleaf Farm, for how we are supposed to be going towards a, a bigger goal of building this national unity and our culture? Well, you know, Lilisleaf Farm is so very interwoven with our liberation struggle in the country. 
Uh, it's one of the most important sites, uh, you know, where Nelson Mandela and uh, the, 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 the other leaders uh, were, were, were at the heart of planning uh, the liberation struggle. That particular building has now shut down. I think the important thing is uh, you know, it, it's shut down from operations. It's not yet closed completely because part of the center is still operating. Uh, but what by, 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 by the kind of media that's been going around, uh, and this is, I think, partly due to uh, wrong vocabulary being used by both parties, both the Libyan Trust and the Department of Art and Culture, uh, because the center is not really closed. It's reduced its operations considerably, uh, given the, the financial challenges that it's experiencing. Uh, by simply saying that it's closed, you know, we, we simply say it's no longer there. It is still there. It is struggling. It requires a new business plan uh, through a partnership between government, the public, the, the corporate sector, and the, you know, the donor philanthropy sector. Uh, and I think this is where we, we fail as South Africans. You know, in the U.S., to sit on the board of organizations, you have to, as a board member, contribute towards fundraising, towards you, 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 you even donate as a board member to the organizations on which you serve. Uh, organizations can have certain tax benefits and so forth. And in South Africa, we sit with a situation where boards are not operating in that particular way. We appoint people because... Uh, they either have political connections or they, uh, you know, they have particular histories associated with places and so forth. So it does require a completely revised business plan uh, around how the center can uh, function, fun, you know, financially, but also how it can begin to attract new donors. But core to it is how can government continue to support uh, heritage centers beyond just a once-off grant? And what we've seen in this particular case in the press release of uh, the Department of Art and Culture, it states it provided a once-off grant, uh, you know, of, of a, about nine million rands. Now, a once-off grant of nine million rands is not viable. You need to begin to sit with organisations and say, we are going to fund you over a four-year or five-year period. What is your business plan? How do we fund you over those five-year periods? What are the accountable accountable mechanisms that we're going to be building in? Because what is evident from the press releases as well is that there's a contradiction around what the money was allocated for and what the board used it for. Uh, you know, there's, mm. there's, there's contradictions around uh, the board stating that it's reported, but the DAC did not uh, act upon those particular reports as well. Uh, the minister's argument that, you know, he requested a forensic investigation to be conducted. Now, that's an easy approach that is taken constantly by the department with several cultural institutions. It's an absolute waste of money because we've seen several forensic investigations that have fallen flat on their face. A classic point in case is mm. a forensic investigation that was conducted at the Market Theatre Foundation uh, where not a single allegation that was made in that forensic investigation could hold any substance. Uh, and as a result, more than a million rand more was wasted on that entire process. We've seen similar forensic investigations conducted at other institutions of the state that have fallen flat on their face. So we, they, they, there has to be a better mechanism in place uh, of how the DAC uh, administers governance, 
over those particular institutions. There's also the contradiction where the DAC's press statement says that it can only fund the institution, it was a Section 3 institution, in terms of the Cultural Institutions Act. Now, there could be nothing further from the truth. Mm. There is the Cultural Amendment Act, which was uh, brought into operation after the adoption of the, the, the Cultural Institutions Act, which allows the DAC to be able to fund organizations that are not Section 3 institutions or what are defined as uh, institutions in terms of the Cultural Institutions Act. So there, there's a, a lack of transparency around the way the entire matter is being dealt with. And I think what is incredibly sad is that rather than working towards saving a resource and endowing it to future generations of South Africa, there seems to be excuses on both sides of the fence. All right, let's talk the significance of these national heritage sites. And, I mean, they speak for themselves in terms of that significance. And we already touched on how it speaks to national unity, maybe even how we identify as Africans, and maybe even Tabompegi's African Renaissance campaign and and how we feel about that. So the significance of national heritage sites and museums is quite clear. What are your views, then, in terms of if we look at an example of Robben Island, for example, after being declared a World Heritage Site by UNESCO, uh, being run, having a... CEO instead of the state having full control. And then the comments of, you know, those who feel like they are part of that particular heritage site or museum, for example, the former inmates in Robben Island's case, saying that they should be custodians. What are your views on on, on those who are directly involved, wanting to be custodians, or maybe the family members or children of those involved? No, I I have problems with that. Mm. Uh, You know, what we need to be finding for our our heritage centers is not uh, people who have nostalgic, uh, you know, relationships with those particular institutions. What we need to find for the running, effective running for all our institutions is people who have good business strategy, who have a deep understanding of heritage, uh, and who have a wonderful ability to be able to transfer knowledge, history, and the legacies to the next generation of South Africans. Robben Island does not exist because uh, it has an affinity to the people who were detained on there, or it has an affinity to the people whose families are there. Robben Island exists as a resource for the next generation of South Africans, to remind the next generation of South Africans of our dark past, and that we should never as a country ever return to that same space again. Mm. And we will only be able to preserve that if we find the best managers in the country with a business sensibility, with a deep understanding of heritage, and a passion for education, will be able to run that center as effectively as it should be. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you so much. Always great to chat to you. Please be safe, Doctor. Thank you very much. All the best to you as well. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Dr. Ismail Mohammed, Director of the Center of Creative Arts at the University of KwaZulu-Natal.